Hello, and welcome back to the Trinity Ability Co-op podcast. I'm your host, Harry O'Brien. The Trinity Ability Co-op is a cooperative movement led by students with disabilities toward radical inclusion on Trinity campus. This podcast is part of the Towards Inclusive Clubs and Societies project, which began over the summer. And this project aims to support the development and the, of the clubs and societies in Trinity that are inclusive to disabled students, basically making sure that all students can attend like all societies and all events and all that. In this podcast series, we'll be speaking to leaders in those clubs and societies and ask them what changes are being made to become more inclusive to disabled students. Basically, some societies are accessible to students with disabilities, some aren't. So we're going to speak to the ones that are and see what they're doing right. You can find out more about this project on our website, theabilitycoop.com. So that's abilitycoop.com. Today, I'll be speaking to Hannah and Neve. Anna and Neve are from the VDP Society, and they're a pretty accessible society. So we're going to get chatting to them. So Hannah, Neve, thank you for joining us today. And I suppose I'll start with you, Neve. If you could just tell me a bit about the VDP Society. Um. Yeah. So my name's Neve. I am the president of the society, and Hannah is our accessibility and inclusion officer. Um. So basically, Trinity VDP is a charity society and a volunteering society. Um, so we do a lot of work in the inner city um, with different types of service users. So we work with children, we work with vulnerable adults. So that includes adults um, with intellectual disabilities and elderly adults. And we also work with those experiencing homelessness. And then as well as our work with service users, um, we do different activities where, because those activities require like vetting and training, but you would do all of that like through us as a society. Um, and then we have other activities that don't require any vetting or training. So we do things like a food bank and um, we do letter writing every week to nursing home residents. And um, we usually do sets and costumes for our annual panto and things like that. And we do a lot of fundraising and stuff throughout the year as well. OK, so it seems like your society would be a natural fit to be become more accessible because the people you're working with would be like, It'd be a lot of disabled people, but also people with, with um, how would you say, people that aren't, aren't let's say, thriving, um, that are, you know, people in nursing homes or people who are sick or that kind of way. So that would need a bit of, you'd be a sort of compassionate society. So it'd be, you'd be a natural choice to kind of be fit in with this project. Yeah. All right, I'll just go over to you, Hannah. So Hannah, you're the accessibility officer. Um, what's involved in that role? This year's um, accessibility and inclusions officer for VDP. Um, and I'm the second ever elected accessibility officer. Last year, we had our first one, Jordan Collins. Um, so there's a lot kind of involved in the role. There's um, responsibilities around getting involved with cooperating with other societies and organizing um, collaborations with them, especially societies such as Sign Sock, the Sign Language Society, um, and other um, compassionate societies, as you say, like Amnesty and, and um, the Phil, just things like that. Um, but there's a lot that we've done to uh, make sure that VDP is an accessible society for everybody and is a very welcoming place for um, uh, disabilities and anyone really on campus, um, no matter kind of what walks of life you're from, um, VDP is just really a place for everybody. Um, so some of the things that we've done to uh, make sure that VDP is accessible is we've introduced alt text 
to um, our website and our social media, which means that there are short written descriptions of images and just any kind of media that we put out. Um, and we have also introduced plain text versions of our newsletter and website. So this just makes everything a bit more accessible for everybody. And um, I've also put together a list of pubs and bars in Dublin that are accessible. And I shared this with the co-op as well, um, because unfortunately, a lot of these venues are not accessible for people um, with disabilities, especially wheelchair users. So we've really kind of made a really big effort to make sure that if we are hosting an event, that it is accessible for anybody who would be interested in joining. Um, other than this, um, we're trying to organize sign language classes for our volunteers um, once in semester one and once in semester two. Um, and this just kind of really breaks down the barriers um, for everybody, you know, for the kind of between everybody else and say the deaf community or the hard of hearing community. Um, it really just makes VDP more accessible to them as well and gives everyone kind of that basic skill that I think is just really, really vital for everybody to have. Um, we're also running a disability and inclusion survey, which we ran last year, and we're running it again this year just to see kind of what improvements could be made, I suppose, to VDP being an accessible society and just give all our volunteers a voice to say what could be better um, or kind of what hasn't gone right for them and just kind of make sure that they have an input in, in what VDP is as an accessible society. Um, and uh, just other things like running ed educational campaigns to break down stigma about different types of disability, educating our activity leaders and volunteers, um, providing closed captions for our online events, um, offering sign language interpreters at any events where there is a need for them. Um, and of course, things like early access to venues for wheelchair users and hosting events in wheelchair accessible spaces. Um, so this is kind of just the work that VDP has been doing to be an accessible society for everybody on campus. You're doing a lot. You're probably one of the most accessible, <laughs> if not the most accessible society in Trinity. Um, how much extra work is it to make your society that much more inclusive? But it's not that much extra because I think really the thing that has stood out to me so far in this role is just that being accessible really is just so basic. You know, I think people kind of think that, you know, being an accessible society means kind of extra things. But I think in a way, a lot of the time it is just just kind of making sure that that basic need for everybody is there and that, um, you know, you are just doing something as simple as hosting an event in a venue where there is wheelchair accessibility, there might be wheelchair accessible bathrooms, just kind of um, considering that there might be somebody who has a disability who might want to attend the event. And I think it's just really about that awareness and being um, conscious that, um, that Ireland has and Trinity as well has a lot of people with disabilities um, and it's just being aware of them and making sure that uh, there really is just accommodation for them really and accommodation for their needs. So it's kind of just thinking of those things before you organize something. So it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty low key. <laughs> you know, 
you know we can think that like oh we need to make so many accommodations and things like that and in order to be like fully accessible and stuff and what we've experienced is that that just isn't true you know it's actually like once you find the venues and you find the spaces that are accessible it's very easy then to plan the events or plan the activities there and a lot of our activities especially our activities with adults are uh, physically accessible and then in terms of other accessibility like we like to regard VDP as kind of like a little family or like a very large group of friends you know um, so to kind of facilitate that that's why we have things like activity leaders so if anyone is nervous about going to an activity they can find out the name of the person who leads that activity they can go to them to ask about things like accessibility to ask for support and help and especially if it's something like um, you know they're nervous about coming for the first time that's a great point of call um, and then we've also introduced um, VLO office hours so our VLO on our committee is our volunteer liaison officer so his name is Hugo and his whole job is to do with volunteer well-being so we have office hours now for him every week um, where he just sits in our committee room and if anyone has any queries or worries or anything they can go to that if they want to talk about it confidentially um, and we also do like tea time during the week, which is purely social. That's just for volunteers to come and like meet each other and chat to each other. So we try to make VDP as accessible as possible in terms of a social sense as well. Hopefully in the aim that like people will be able to like come to any of our activities and feel welcome and feel included. Um, and Hannah's role is a relatively new role. You know, the first time we had an accessibility officer was last year. Um, but I think it's a really important one. And I think it's one that like other societies, you know, if they don't have accessibility and inclusion officers, it's a really good kind of role to implement. And um, because then it just means that you are always thinking about accessibility. And it, it, there is, you know, one specific person whose job it is to think about accessibility, which is great. So you think um, this is actually kind of what I wanted to ask you about is, were you around when the accessibility officer was first included? Because Hannah is the second ever and um, so this is obviously a new thing is that right mm -hmm. yeah I was um so I was in second year at the time yeah because our first accessibility officer was last year um and I'm now in final year um so the way that we did it was we have a constitution for the society and I'm pretty sure every society does have a constitution um and basically it says in our constitution that if we want to elect a new um member or, if we, or like if we want to elect someone to a certain position and um, that that has to be kind of done by a vote um because within the society all of our activity leaders are kind of asked to do their role so the only elected members are the executive committee so that's myself and the other five members on the executive committee and then other roles you either apply for or you get asked to do so the way that we incorporated this role was that we had a big meeting um, and people were told that it was kind of sort of like a referendum um and a vote as to whether or not we would like to include this new position and everyone voted in favor of it so that's how we came to the conclusion of having an accessibility and inclusion officer and then the process for actually choosing one is that we would have our AGM every every year around March or April and um, end of March start of April and then once we have a new executive committee they send out the like a google form or basically an expression of interest um for anyone who'd like to apply to be the accessibility officer and hannah applied and we had many other wonderful applicants um but myself and the rest of the committee looked through all of the applications and ultimately we felt that hannah would be best for the role and um, so we reached out to her and thankfully she said yes so it wasn't an elected role it was 
kind of just decided by the committee. So that's the way it's been for the past two years. That could change this year. Um, that could change this year because the rule now, as it, so the rule came in last year, but obviously with COVID, it was very hard, you know, to implement. Um, so, you know, it could change this year. It might become another elected position where people run um, at the AGM um, and things like that. But for the moment, it was like, a vote to decide whether or not we would have that role, which was voted in, and then an application process. Okay. And um, Hannah, could you tell me a little bit about um, any differences that you've noticed to the society um, after bringing in, these, um, bringing in these new initiatives and making the society more inclusive? Like how, what benefits it's brought to the society? Yeah, definitely. So I think... Um, introducing these different things has really made a massive impact on the society because um, I think there's so much more interest from the disabled community in Trinity to get involved in VDP because they know that um, no matter what they will be included and that there will be a place for them at every event because before I think you know it almost feels kind of like uh, embarrassing maybe to kind of have to email and say like here can we please have this in a accessible venue and things like that but now they know that it will be in an accessible venue regardless and there's, they won't need to ask for that because they know that that will just be a basic requirement for an event so I think there's so much more inclusion and interest from disabled students in Trinity which is absolutely fantastic um, and I think there is a lot more acceptance of uh, disabilities and more kind of awareness around different types of disability because we're really interested in launching educational campaigns and I know for myself recently with the activity leaders um, we had a training day for for them to kind of um, learn new skills for the job I suppose and one of those things was I had to go around and train them up on uh, being aware of accessibility when they're dealing with service users sorry, and dealing with um, volunteers um, and just the kind of vulnerable adults or children that they might be working with so I had to teach them about this and say well here's some things to be aware of you know at events say if somebody is you know say stimming which is a self-stimulatory behavior in kind of times of distress or sensory overload things like that just to be aware not to draw attention to it um and just just to really be respectful and show everybody um dignity and say help a wheelchair user if they seem to be struggling so just everything like that um really helps uh, involvement from the disabled community because they know that there is acceptance they know there is accommodation for whatever need they may have and that the activity leaders are aware of their disability and so are the other volunteers so there won't be any judgment there won't be any kind of misunderstanding or stigma around their disability and has there been any like real tangible note differences that you've noticed to the society since you've brought in all these inclusivity measures? Uh, I guess it, it, it depends on what you define as tangible. Um, I think it's really more of the emotional sort of difference. Um, I don't know if Neve would like to to comment on that because Neve would be more uh, involved in, in that side of things. Yeah. Than I would. yeah, something that I noticed is just that um, I definitely have had more disabled students come up to me 
and to say that like they're very interested in getting involved and that they've heard that we're an accessible society so that for me has been a huge difference and especially after Hannah and myself spoke at the 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 disability service orientation this year and that was just before the first year freshers week and I had so many students come up to me and say that they heard us both speak at the disability service orientation so that was so promising and that was fantastic because I feel like you know it would be rare I think at an activity that a service user would like disclose or like not a service user that a volunteer would disclose that they have a disability but I find that since making the society more openly accessible and uh, like being more vocal about the improvements that we're trying to make about accessibility I definitely have had more students who have come up to me and have said hey I actually have a disability and thanks for bringing this in because it's been really helpful and stuff like that you know I had a volunteer who came up and you know thanked me for like having the tea times and stuff like that because she was saying that with her particular disability she found it difficult to you know maybe like interact with people and like chat to people and so the tea times for her were a great way to meet other volunteers in a very casual sense before going to something else with service users you know and to meet people that she then knew would be going to these activities so I think for me that's been the big thing is just the feedback from any disabled students themselves and noticing that like the work that we're doing or like the ways that we're trying to make the society more accessible is actually having an effect. Very interesting well look we'll leave it there um and thanks a million guys thanks for coming today and if you have any if people have any questions if they want to reach out to you hannah uh, could you give your email if they have any questions about how you implemented this yes of course um so my email is accessibility at trinityvdp.com and you can contact me there if you have any questions at all